Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to episode 34 of the Spider Scoop podcast. As always, I'm your host, Noah Goldberg, with ESPN Richmond. We are without Austin today. He is MIA, but as always, I'm joined by the A-10's leader in three-point shooting from a season ago, Nick Sherrod. Nick, coming off of a nice bounce-back win tonight against St. Joseph's. How are we feeling? Good win tonight. Yeah, no, the guys really played well tonight. I felt like it was nice to see the guys have kind of an easy win uh, the past couple games. Have been a little bit tough, especially against coming off the last game. So it was good to see the guys come out, uh, kind of from start to finish, keep St. Joe's at arm's length. Uh, we made a big run in the first half to get the game to 11. And after that, we kind of pulled it away and flexed our muscles a little bit. So it was really good to see the guys, you know, have a nice win. A lot of guys got minutes, so it was a, it was a really good performance. Yeah, obviously, you know, we'll break down kind of the the you know in depth statistics and and the you know going into this game, but just from a you know greater perspective of coming off what happened on Saturday. Obviously, a the second quad four loss at home of the season for the Spiders, and to you know what we thought was you know eliminating any chance at an at large bid. Obviously, you know Joe Lenardi not only has him in the first four out, but the first team in the first four out. So maybe it's still in the balance. I think you know a lot of us still are are not exactly sure on that. But hey, you know what? I mean, they've still got two chances against St. Louis and two chances against BCU. Probably going to reschedule that at Bonaventure game. So still could be in the balance, but but most importantly. We look at it as, like you said, getting the confidence back, getting the swagger back, getting the intensity back, and then also a tune-up for what's going to happen on Friday with a big test against St. Louis. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know after you come off a tough loss, the biggest key is just try to put together another a good performance after that. Uh, you want to forget about the last game. You don't want you don't want to let one loss turn into another loss. And you know, obviously, there's a lot of expectations about this team. Everybody has their ideas of what this team should be in terms of rankings and tournament play and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's just about coming out there and winning games. And these are the type of games that you can't lose, um, especially coming off a tough loss. So really, the focus needs to be just winning the game, winning the next game, whether it's against St. Joe's or it's against St. Louis. The goal just needs to be to win the game. You can't really focus too much on, you know, trying to be ranked or trying to get an at-large bid. The goal is just win as many games as you can and try to win the conference. And I feel like, you know, when you have a performance like this, winning a game, that you should win easily, and you do that, it, it can only give the guys confidence. Yeah, and, and like you said, focus on winning the conference because you know we've all seen you know anything can happen in the A10 right now. I don't think that anyone should say that you know because you guys you know really struggled against St. Louis last year, and again in a game by the way that we all have said if you really look back at that game, it was a lot closer than the score indicated for most of the game. That was actually a pretty close game until maybe the last five minutes or so. Um, you know, just with, you know, obviously we've seen Dayton lose to, to Fordham and to LaSalle. And obviously you guys lost to LaSalle and, you know, anything can happen. So who's to say that, you know, you guys can't come out and, and steal two from St. Louis. So certainly possible. And, and you know, it's not that the A-10 is, is full of bid thieves. So no reason if you don't even come in first in the regular season that, that you can't run in the tournament. So still reasons to be optimistic, obviously reasons to be disappointed as well. But, you know, reasons to, like you said, focus on the next game. Don't let two, one loss turn into two and, and keep moving forward. Um, diving into this one, like you said, you know, huge game. Um, obviously, they put up points. We had some really great offensive games from, you know, Tyler and Blake were just absolutely lighting it up tonight. Um, they combined for, doing a little quick math here, uh, 43 points tonight on 17 of 25 shooting. Career high 25 for Tyler. 
uh, 18 for Blake on uh, 7 of 12. And I think the biggest thing for Blake particularly was, you know, in the first half, we saw, I think not just from Blake, because I want to pick on Blake. I think from a lot of the guys, I think especially Grant had a few, um, Nate had a few kind of elbow mid-range jumpers, but Blake a few too, where they were taking some early jump shots early in the shot clock. And that's something I think Blake did a lot Saturday. He had a couple threes he was shooting early in the clock where you're just like, man, like 22 seconds. Why are we wasting this possession? I felt like after the first half, he didn't really do that. Second half, we did not see that a lot. I thought he took a lot of good shots. Um, three of six from three tonight, like we said, seven of 12. What did you see from him? And, you know, for a guy like that where, you know, we know the talents there, like how much does it seem like, is it between the ears for him and a lot of the time? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, for a guy that that is probably the most competitive guy I've ever been around, I think that every game, every shot, every play means so much to him. And that's what makes him a super good player, but that can also, when you go through a funk, when you go through a bad stretch, that can keep you there. Because every shot means so much. And when you miss a shot, when you don't get a stop or all that stuff, it means so much to you. Mm. So I think for him, it's just, and I try to tell him this all the time, the, the next shot you take is, is not the most important shot in the world. Whether you make or miss, as long as you're taking good shots, as long as you're feeling confident, as long as you're playing within the offense, it doesn't matter. So I think with the whole team, honestly, for the first five, ten minutes of the game, they we were kind of taking, you know, not the best shots. Mm. And on one hand, obviously, you don't want to take a mid-range jumper with 22 seconds on shot clock. But I also thought that I noticed that the guys are playing pretty loose and pretty free more so than they have been in games before. So with Blake, I think, you know, the thing with Blake is he's not going to take the same shots as maybe Grant or Jacob or anybody really else on the team. His shots are probably going to be a little bit more difficult, more dribbling, all that stuff. It's just about he knows what a, he knows what a good shot is for Blake is. We also, as players on the court with him, as coaches, we know what a good shot is for him. And it's for him, it's about taking more of those shots. So some of those driving layups, I know you talked about you want to see him get to the basket more. thought he did a good job of, of attacking. Yep. And that sets up the rest of his game. So the more he can attack, the more he can just be confident, the better he's going to be for the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's a great point there of you see them playing loose and playing freaks. When I look back at that Kentucky game, and I think we can all say, you know, that was a game when, you know, Richmond probably felt like they were on top of the world. And in that game, and obviously we know looking back, you know, maybe it's probably not the one that we thought it was. But if there's one thing you can remember from that game, it lo- like you guys look like you were having a blast. Like, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen them look on the court like they were having more fun. I think maybe the only time is I think back to when you guys beat BC, BCU at home last year. I remember watching the highlights of you just drilling like your six or seven three, just grin on your face. Like other than that, so and so I think for them when they're playing loose, when they're playing free, and they're having fun, you know, like you said, that's that's really when they're at their best and when they're comfortable. So so that was good to see. Um, again, you know, the big thing is we've said it all year. It's they got to do it every game. They got to do it night in and night out. So so good chance to do that. Um, and like you said, you know, you can only control. You can control. Focus on the next game. So that's what they did they did what they needed to do tonight they took care of business um and you look on to st louis on friday um so we talked about blake obviously tyler career high uh 25 points tonight he was shooting threes he was pulling up from mid-range he was driving in putting his foot into you and turning around hitting step back jumpers and the development i mean i don't know i I, i'd like to think who do you think had the bigger leap nate from his freshman to sophomore year or Tyler from his freshman to sophomore year? Because Nate, obviously, in the stats, like, I don't know what he jumped from, like, three and a half-ish points to, like, 12.3, something like that. But but Tyler, it's not just the numbers. I mean, this guy, and even within the season, you're seeing him 
see the offense more, see the cuts more, starting to look comfortable. There were games even this year where he was putting up numbers, but you still kind of saw him maybe get lost, maybe get confused, not see the reads right away. And and his just game looks so smooth and confident. He's playing an NBA style of basketball. Um, what did you see from him tonight and just the development he's made, you know, from last year to this year, but even just within the season? Absolutely. I think that, you know, if you were around Tyler's offseason, if you know him, you know how hard of a worker he is. So I think that, you know, for a guy like that, when you're stepping into a role that you probably didn't think you were going to have, the key thing that you can always fall back on is your work. And I think he worked like he was going to be a starter from pretty much from the time that last season ended. And you can see that, like you talked about. I think the skill level that he's shown, I don't think a lot of guys would expect that from him coming out of high school, but especially from year one to year two. So I think it just shows how bright his future could be because like, there's a lot of seniors, a lot of guys who play a lot of basketball that some of the plays that, that he was making tonight, some of the shots that he was making tonight, they couldn't make. So for him, I think it's just keeping the confidence. Obviously for any young player, consistency is going to be important, but you want to see him show off a skill level like that, especially you know when as a team we've had trouble scoring, or not scoring, but shooting, and he's been our best shooter by far. So the more aggressive he is, the better that we can be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think you just look at him, and, and I think about Taylor Funk from the beginning of this game, right? He hit a couple deep threes there. We all know he can shoot, but but the thing that makes him special when he's on is that that guy's just so tall, right? It's really hard to contest a Taylor Funk three. You just have to not let him get to his spot. If he gets to his spot, even if it's from deep, it's going to be really hard to contest. And same goes for Tyler. I mean, six seven guys got long arms, guys got bounce. His release point is so high. I mean, if he gets his shot off where he wants it, it's not, are you going to stop it? It's, are you going to hit it? So the more and more comfortable he looks, the more smart plays he looks. And tonight he didn't have any charges, right? He's been on the defensive end, really good at taking charges. But one thing we've kind of seen from him, I feel like at times, especially his freshman year and a little bit this year, is he kind of drives the lane, gets a little bit out of control. He's got those long strides and and you see him step through guys. And we didn't see that tonight. Um, we really haven't seen that the past few games. So I think that's been a really big improvement from him. And this has been a theme with a lot of guys. It's just playing within yourself. So, so I think that's been a really uh, big development from him. Uh, moving on and continuing with this game tonight, um, you know, this was one where, obviously, like we said, they put the foot on the pedal. Um, they really, especially throughout the second half, really controlled this game. And you guys have some young guys on the team this year looking to get minutes. Isaiah Wilson is is a guy. And, you know, we know the freshmen weren't going to play a huge role this year, but they were hoping to add some depth. You know, especially Isaiah, a guy that, you know, the offensive game is developing, but you're thinking maybe he gives you some defense with the raw athleticism. Um, and, and Chris has talked about all year that he really wants to put the foot on the pedal more so he can get these young guys into the game, especially now that you're gone, especially missing Connor, where you're already lacking depth, right? If you're thinking postseason, if you're thinking we're still trying to get into the NCAA tournament, we're trying to make a run in the A-10. I know we know depth maybe isn't the most important thing in college basketball, but when things aren't going right, you don't, you don't want to be locked into your five guys. You want to have options. And so a game like this, when you can get, Matt Grace, who had an awesome game that we're going to dive into. Matt got 13 minutes. Sal got 11 minutes. Um, Isaiah had six minutes. Jai got in the game a little bit. And you went all the way to the end of your bench. You know, you you were a freshman at one point, and you were obviously in a different role than these guys. You were getting a lot more minutes than they were. But but how valuable is that for a team, especially getting later into the season, knowing that they may have to step up in big moments later in the season, especially if another injury happens? Absolutely. I think the, the biggest thing for most freshmen – I think sometimes when you come into to school as a freshman, you're expecting to be like the guys at Kentucky or the guys at Duke. And you have to realize that not everybody's journey is going to be like that. And you have to realize that you kind of have to get in where you fit in. So these guys, the biggest thing is just keeping your confidence because as you talked about, obviously you don't want any injuries, you don't want any of that stuff. But 
you know, things happen, things happen in college basketball, things happen in sports. So guys like Zay, guys like Ja, you want to make sure their confidence is still high. So for them, whatever minutes they get, you just want to make sure that, you know, they, they get a good, a good feel for the game, not just in practice, but when they get in. And, that they, and then again, their confidence is high because you never know what's going to happen. Like you said, obviously you don't want to just rely on five guys the whole year. So we just want everybody who's re- available to play to be ready and that when we throw them in, we can trust them and that they're going to help us win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, another kind of takeaway I had from this game is is Gilly had, you know, another, you know, again, I always you always got to say Gilly had a quiet game with a grain of salt, right? Because he does a lot of, he had four rebounds, he had seven assists, he didn't turn the ball over, um, he had in a couple of steals, but again, you know, he was one of four from the field, missed three three-pointers, two points, um, he only had five points the other night coming off the COVID pause. Um, that was a guy that we've been harping on um, in, in conference play of him shooting threes and, and really being a scorer in A-10 play has has just added so much especially without you right and like like i talked about in saturday's game is when blake's off and gilly's off it really exposes you tonight they got a really good not only did they get a good blake game they got an efficient blake game right three of 11 from three on saturday he hit three threes tonight it was a little bit more efficient than that i know that they didn't need him in this game you're playing saint joseph's but just whether it's from a confidence perspective or or just being able to make up for when those guys aren't hitting. So you're not also not going to get 25 from Tyler every game, right? Like Grant only had eight points tonight. So it's not like you were getting a lot from those guys. You know, not that he needs to be a scorer, but what do you want to see from him just being aggressive maybe going forward as we get deeper into conference play with five really big games still left on the slate? Right, absolutely. I think the sign of a true point guard, and which I think Gilly probably fits that mold more than – most guys that I've seen is that you do what the team needs. So, like you said, he had seven seven assists tonight. He didn't need to he didn't need to take fourteen shots tonight. Tyler had it going. Blake had it going. The guys were playing well. We were getting good looks. So, I think as fans, we know what Gilly's scoring ability is, mm. and I think he knows that as well. But I think as a point guard, one of the things that you have to realize as when you play that position is sometimes just because you're the best at something doesn't mean that you have to do it all the time. Like, his best skill for for our team, a lot of times, is his ability to keep the offense moving, his knowledge of the game, his understanding. His, he, we don't have anybody who passes like him on the team. So, like you said, maybe you could argue that he's a, he's a better scorer than Blake or that he's a better shooter than Tyler when he's shooting when, on volume. But if Tyler's going to make four threes and go for 10 20. 13 from the field. Right. What good does it do if Jacob's taking 14 shots? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If Blake has it going tonight, we've been waiting to see Blake really have a game like this this year. If Gilly's also being hyper-aggressive, then maybe, you know, Matt doesn't get it going the same way guys aren't doing anything. So I think one thing about Gilly is, and we've talked about this a lot, sometimes the stat line doesn't really, you know, describe his impact in the game. So the fact that he had seven assists, was able to get the steals, but again, really just empower the other guys to make shots, to make plays, that's the most important thing. So again, obviously you want to see Gilly go for 15, 16 every night, but that's not always what we need. And the fact that, you know, he can still be first team all league and average 12, 11 points a game just goes to show you that he can really impact the game in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, you know, he's, he lets the game come to him. He's not going to force anything. If he's going to score two points, but he's dishing out seven assists. And like you said, Tyler and Blake are cooking. He's going to let him do that. And I think, you know, across the board, really, I feel like they did that well tonight of letting the game come to them, especially in the second half. You look, you know, Nate, Nate and Grant probably look back and say, we didn't have our best games. Um, you know, both of them were, were four of 11 from the field and, and maybe weren't taking the best shots in the first half. 
And we saw them make that adjustment out of the locker room. We saw them first half taking those elbow jumpers early in the shot clock. They weren't making them. And you didn't see them then say, okay, well, you know, I I wasn't hitting these shots, but I'm still going to get aggressive and get my shot by now. I'm going to go back to the basket every time. I need to get my points. They said, you know what? We're going to let the flow happen. We're not scoring tonight. And and they laid back in the second half and and let Tyler and Blake do their thing. So, So across the board, Gilly... Uh, Nate Grant all let the game flow to them tonight, so so I agree that was great. Um, last uh, last thing, and then we're gonna get to the voicemail. Is Andre only played six minutes tonight? Obviously, we know he's been struggling with a groin injury. Um, talked to Chris after the game in the post game press conference. Didn't sound like there was anything lingering or too bad, according to him, with the groin. Sounded like more he just didn't get him a lot of minutes in the first half, and it was kind of a flow of the game type thing. So. Whether it's a lingering lingering injury or not, he did say should be good to go for Friday. What did you see from him, and and how crucial is it? Because again, you know, you played St. Joseph's tonight, and when we look at this St. Louis team on Friday, we all know what comes to mind: it's the length, it's the size. That's the type of team that that you guys are prone to struggle with. You look at Andre; he's six four. You know, we said it in the, going back to the West Virginia game. You guys have had sometimes trouble with your shorter guards getting shot over by good shooting teams. And St. Louis is a better shooting team this year than they were last year. They've got Gibson Jibberson, who I believe shoots over 40% from three, takes more than five threes a game. That's going to be a guy that's going to be really, really crucial, Andre Gustafson, for you on Friday. Um, how important is it to have him healthy and to have him going uh, for this big matchup? Like you said, I think the biggest thing is just make sure, making sure he's healthy. And I think that only you know he and the coaching staff can gauge that. Um. Yeah. So, like you said, I think the biggest thing is just making sure he's healthy. Not as not necessarily for a game like this, especially a second game off an injury. I know that he has, he's not as healthy as he must be right now. But it's more about just getting minutes, getting rhythm, and you know, for the games moving forward, like you said, having the death. Andre is a really talented athlete. He's fluid. He's a good defender. All that stuff. So, not just for the St. Louis games, but for games moving forward, you just want to make sure that he can play to the best of his ability. And I think he's still working his way back into the rhythm. I think you know he missed a good amount of time. I just games with practice as well. So you just want to make sure he's in rhythm, making sure he's ready to go. And I think that, you know, I think Coach Money said after the game, he's going to get back to his regular minutes load after that. So, you know, him and the, the training staff, him and the coaches, they know what's best for him. So maybe tonight wasn't the best night for him to play 15 minutes, but maybe on Friday he'll play 20 minutes and have a great game. You never know. So it's just about making sure he's healthy. Yep, definitely. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, so I guess, I guess to finish off, we do have one voicemail in tonight. So – uh, let's let's see. Hopefully, this comes in with a microphone here. Hey, Noah and Nick, this is Nick from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, I'm just calling to say you keep up the great work. You guys do a great job with the podcast. My question is: Looking forward to next year, if Grant doesn't use his eligibility and leave, how much of Matt Grace? How well will Matt Grace do filling that role? We saw him play really well tonight. What is your thoughts for him moving forward? Thanks, Bye, guys. Yeah, so so this voicemail is why I didn't didn't touch on Matt early in the podcast because obviously tonight Matt Matt was actually our player on the post game press conference. Um, Matt played 13 minutes tonight. Uh, he had 10 points, double digit scoring for Matty Ice. He hit two threes, uh, drilled a three right in Taylor Funk's grill. Absolute confidence oozing. We wouldn't expect anything less from Matt Grace. Um, but but in all seriousness, uh, really good contribution from him off the bench tonight. Something. You know, we're not really used to seeing this year, especially with the injuries and, and the lack of depth because of them. Um, so so in terms of Grant, you know, if, if he leaves next year, which, you know, we don't know. He hasn't made that decision yet. 
I, I, I'm not expecting him to come back. Again, this isn't any insider information, just, you know, he's, he's been there five years already. He's going to get pro offers. He's that kind of player. You know, I, I don't think he's going to come back, but who knows? Um, but, but either way, you know, I mean, it's, it's his job to take next year, right? It's, it's going to be him and Sal battling and maybe even they both start at a, at a four and five. We actually saw that tonight. Um, even before the garbage minutes actually early in the game, we saw some, uh, Sal and Matt minutes on the floor together. Uh, so, so I don't know. It depends. Matt's, Matt's defensive numbers are pretty bad when he's on the floor. Uh, his defensive rating is, is pretty poor, but his offensive rating is also a lot better than Sal's. So, and, and I know, you know, numbers wise, he shot the ball. Okay. This year, we've seen moments where he can certainly stretch the floor a lot better than Sal can, but I think Sal's improving there. So I don't know, Nick, you'd know better than I would, you know, is it pretty much up in the air? You know, with Grant leaves next year, who do you see filling that five? Cause, cause also Matt can pass the ball. I think a lot better than right. Sal too. Absolutely. I think that, uh, between Matt and Sal, uh, it's going to be, you know, one of those two, probably, I think the biggest thing for Matt is just, just aggression. I think that uh, one thing that you want to see from more Matt, more from Matt, and what we saw tonight was I thought he came out with the mindset that if he's open, he's going to shoot it. If not, he's going to keep the offense moving. His first three of the game, that was a shot we we would have never expect him to take. We talked about it, you know, when we were watching it. You he he won't even take that shot in practice. <laughs> so practice, <laughs> right? Practice. <laughs> so I think that you know, for for Matt, it's about just uh, we think Matt's talented. He has, he can handle the ball, like you said, he can pass. He can shoot, obviously. So I think for Matt, it's just about continuing to be aggressive, continuing to build that confidence, and knowing that we have the confidence in him to shoot those shots and to make plays. We know what his basketball IQ is. We know how how talented he is. He's he's not gonna he's not gonna mess the offense up because he's being aggressive, over aggressive, or because he's you know turning the ball or anything. So for him, it's just about being you know playing confidently, playing aggressively, mm. and then on the defensive end, just competing. I think that's the biggest thing. He's not the most physically imposing guy, but a lot of times it's just about effort and competing. So I think. The more confidence that he gets, knowing that he's going to get a certain amount of minutes will help him offensively and defensively. Yeah, agree. Um, so I, I think that's pretty much it from us. One thing I do want to touch on is uh, we actually had pr- probably the most, I'd, I'd say the most important question from the post-game press conference tonight, gave a pretty pretty critical answer from Chris Mooney. Um, he was really digging the Snoop Dogg uh, seal poster in the background of my wall. Just, you know, from your perspective, being on the team, being around Chris Mooney, you know, you're a basketball mind. What are your thoughts on the on the flag hanging behind me, and, and maybe you can give it a rating one out of ten? I think it's a pretty sick flag. Not gonna lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> I would say probably I would say seven and a half out of ten. Um, you know the seal with the glasses. I would say that probably that's an interesting touch. I wish the seal had both uh, had a, had actually you know a full for both lenses or whatever. Mm. But no, like I said, seven and a half, super intriguing. I would hang it up in my room. So oh. no 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 major no major complaints with the flag. Okay, stamp of approval right there from uh, from Nick Sherrod. Were, were you surprised that uh, I guess you were on the post game press conference? But Chris said that he actually recognized Snoop Dogg. Are we uh, were kind of surprised he's hip with uh, some pop culture. Coach is <laughs> more hip than you guys think. So. <laughs> Don't let them fool you. Don't let the Princeton background fool you guys. <laughs> Don't let it fool you. Don't sleep on Chris Mooney. Very hip. You heard it here from Nick Sherrod. Uh, that's it from us. Richmond uh, defeats St. Joseph's 79-56, um, picking up their fourth win in the Atlantic 10. They improved to 4-2 in the league, 10-4 and in the season, and they will kick off a major home game with St. Louis coming to town on Friday. Uh, they're actually in the middle of a game against Dayton right now. 
So we're going to keep an eye on that. That's it from us. Uh, we will be back again. Make sure you check out from now we on. We actually have a Spider Scoop pregame show airing on ESPN Richmond 99.5 FM every weekday game, not weekends, every weekday game. So that'll be an hour before tip-off. Make sure to check that out before the St. Louis game on Friday. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Noah Goldberg 10. You can follow Austin at AustinDaisy11 and not Nick because Nick refuses to tell us what his burner account is. Make sure to give us uh, a a follow, uh, subscribe, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Um, If you're VCU Tory, maybe Parler. No, we're not on Parler. Um, so, So check us out on there. And we'll be back this Friday, and thank you guys for listening. The pimps in the crib, ma. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. When the pigs try to get at you, park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. And if a get an attitude, pop it like it's hot. Pop it like it's hot. Pop it like it's hot. I got the rollie on my arm and I'm pouring Chandon and I'm the best because I got it going on. I'm a nice dude with some nice dreams. Yeah. See these ice cubes. See these ice creams. Eligible bachelor. Million dollar bow. That's whiter than what's in your throat. A phantom. Exterior like fish eggs. The interior like this red. I can exercise you. This could be your fizz ad. Cheat on your man, man. That's how you get it. Killer with the B. I know killers in the street. With the feel to make you feel like chinchilla in the heat. So don't try to run up on my ear talking all that raspy trying to ask me when my bigger thing gonna pass me you should think about it take a second matter of fact you should take 4b and think before you make a little skateboard b when the pimps in the crib ma drop it like it's hot drop it like it's hot drop it like it's hot when the pigs try to get at you park it like it's hot park it like it's hot park it like it's hot and if it- Get an attitude, pop it like it's hot, pop it like it's hot, pop it like it's hot. I got the rollie on my arm and I'm pouring Chandon and I'm the best, cause I got it going on. I'm a gangster, but y'all knew that. The big boss dog, yeah, I had to do that. I keep a flag hanging out my backside, but only on the left side. Yeah, that's the side. Ain't no other way to play the game the way I play. I cut so much you thought I was a DJ. Two, one, yep, three. S-C and double O-P, D-Go double G. I can't fake it, just break it. And when I take it, see, I specialize in making all the girls get naked. So bring your friends, all of y'all come inside. We got a world premiere right here, not get lost. So, so. so don't change the diesel, turn it up a little. I got a living room full of fine dime bristles. Waiting on the pistol, the dizzle, and the chisel. G's to the bizzack, now ladies, see we kiss her. When the pimp's in the crib, ma. Drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot. When the pigs try to get at you. Park it like it's hot, park it like it's hot, park it like it's hot. And if it get an attitude, pop it like it's hot, pop it like it's hot, pop it like it's hot. I got the rollie on my arm and I'm pouring Chandon and I'm the best because I got it going on. I'm a bad boy with a lot of drive my own cars and wear my own clothes. I hang out tough. I'm a real boss, big Snoop Dogg, yeah, he's so sharp. On the TV screen and in the magazines, if you play me close, you want to Oh, you gotta, so you wanna back, but now stop that, shoes, now I'm on the move, your family's crying, now you on the news, they can't find you, and now they miss you, must I remind you, I'm only here to twist you, whip you, dip you, then flip you, then dance to this music we too.
Subscribe, get your issue. Baby, come close. Let me see how you get low. When the pimp's in the crib, ma. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. When the pigs try to get at you. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. And if a get an attitude. Pop it like it's hot. Pop it like it's hot. Pop it like it's hot. I got the rollie on my arm and I'm pouring Sean Don and I'm the best. Cause I got it going on. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.